or good afternoon, depending on where, or good evening, depending on where you are. This is Honey Talk Podcast, and we are here today with guest Rhonda Khan of Simply Speech Solutions. Rhonda Khan is a speech pathologist, performer, and founder of Simply Speech Solutions, a communication coaching company that empowers people to speak with confidence and authenticity. The one-on-one coaching group classes and company training, Simply Speech gives you the tools to tell your story, level up in your career, and get what you want in life without letting the fear of speaking hold you back. So without further ado, let's talk to Rhonda Khan. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Um, So let's jump right in. Can I talk about your background a little bit with... Okay, so you were born in Chicago. I was. And were you raised in Brooklyn or? No, okay. I was born and raised in Chicago. I actually moved here, well, moved to Brooklyn in 2012. So what's, it'll be almost seven years in September. Okay, seven years. Okay, so Chicago is like one of my favorite cities. I love Chicago. Um, I like the waterfront. So Beautiful. New York, yes. New York has a beautiful waterfront, but Chicago kind of like knocks it out the box. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does. It Thank does. you. It's true. Yeah, it's it true. It does. Even though it's very cold out there. But when I visited, it was like July. Yeah. So. Summertime shy is the best, yeah. as we say. There's nothing like driving down Lakeshore Drive with that sun on the lake. It's it's breathtaking. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. So... Let's jump right in. Let's talk about Simply Speech Solutions and give us a little background on that, why you started the company and what you would like us to know about getting some training sessions done maybe? or Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have been a speech therapist and an actor for over 12, 13 years, I think now, and it always happened together. So I finished my master's degree in speech language pathology and started working my first job as a school speech therapist. And I was in a play at the same time. So I was always doing both at the same time. Like I'd I'd work at the school, then at night I'd be auditioning or in a play or trying to do this and that. And so it was always a thing that I did together and something that supported one another in some kind of way. My job, my full-time job supported my acting career. (laughs) And my acting career, I got information from speech therapy on and and ways to do it better after maybe 2014 I think around that year I decided I was done being a full-time pediatric speech therapist so I would work with kids who were who were having difficulty with communication be it a language delay a speech delay people typically think about kids who can't say their R's, L's, or S's, or people who stutter. Sometimes it's with language, all of those things. I decided I love children, but I wanted to do something more. And so I was freelancing and doing a bunch of different things. So I would work at a company with adults doing presentation coaching and accent coaching for those who wanted to speak English clearer. I would be working with kids in homes. And I was also working on my solo show, Food, my one-woman show, where I talk about my journey loving and hating food throughout my life. And all these things are happening, and I get pregnant (laughs) with my son. And so I had a difficult pregnancy, and I had to stop working altogether. And when I gave birth to my beautiful son, I was like, all right, 
I don't want to do all these little jobs anymore. I really want to make want my work to be meaningful. I want it to connect my skills and passions. I've always like either done acting or done speech therapy or a little bit. I want to bring it all together and figure out how I can help people in a passionate way that seems purposeful and also is fulfilling to me and flexible for my new lifestyle as a mom. Exactly. So yeah, so six months into him being alive, I'm, you know, stay at home, nursing him, doing all these things. I was like, let's start the company now. Why not now? So very slowly I began it and then I grew. I started with word of mouth and in two years it's blossomed into this company where I, I get called in to coach companies who need to empower their teams to communicate. I do one-on-one coaching with people who want to be stronger, confident communicators in their lives. And I help people who want to be speakers, want to be big public speakers, get keynotes done, get their word out, share their, their message and their business and their passions out with the world. So it's, it's grown really fast and I'm excited about it. So I like the idea of you birthed your child, um, excuse me, you birthed your son. Yeah. And you were also birthing a new concept (laughs) or a new idea at the same time. It's like women, we do it all. Or you just can't stop, even though you're like, I have my son here and I have to cater to him. Mm -hmm. But also... I'm unstoppable and I just want to like get my business out and I have all these ideas. I need to do it now. So that's awesome. Thank you. I just want to backtrack a little bit because I know you, the speech pathology. So you work with children. Did you ever work with like adults, like with ESL language, uh, language barriers and like maybe people who are not from this country and they want to speak clearer or not get rid of their accent, but maybe change the accent a little bit. So yes, talk about that? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did exactly that. I worked. So one of the many jobs I had when mm-hmm. I was pregnant is I worked at a firm here in Manhattan, and I was an accent reduction specialist, oh. if you will. Mm-hmm. So people who didn't have English as their first language, or maybe they felt like they had a regional dialect that Mm -hmm. affected how they were communicating clearly and how people were understanding them. And this was limiting their growth and their work and in their lives. Mm -hmm. They would come to me and what I would do was be do accent coaching. So I would teach them how to speak English, not to erase their identity. And that's something I'm very passionate about, not to erase their identity or change or make them speak an entirely different way, but give them a set of tools so they can be understood more clearly. So I did that for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So I also want to talk about, I just want to jump in now into your acting. Okay. Where, when, and why did you start acting? Did you go to school for it? Did mm-hmm. you, was it just like a passion that came about or you just have like this other talent, like creative talent that you just felt like, let me just jump in there and start acting? Yeah. Well, I come from a family of creatives and performers. My parents are professional singers. My mom, when I was a kid, she was 
an actor and a singer. She still sings, but she would be acting in plays locally in Chicago. There's a famous black theater that was probably one of the first black theaters in the country called Black Ensemble Theater. It still exists in Chicago. So she was one of the first to perform in that theater. And so I grew up watching her do that. And I also was always very expressive, very creative. It was something that probably I inherited genetically. But I was also really shy and really awkward. So I would do little things in grade school to to sh- to show out. Like I would try out for this and try out for that. But somewhere around the end of high school, I remember auditioning for Dream Girls, and I played Laurel okay. of the three. And I just opened up and told people, "Hey, I can sing, I can act." And then in college, I started doing it extracurricularly. So I would be going to my classes and any plays that I could do or any classes I could take as a non-major, I'd be doing that. And I even started a theater company in college while I was doing academics. But, you know, you get to the point where you have adults in your ear like, well, you need a full-time job Mm -hmm. and you need some stability. And I also come from a family of teachers and they're like, you know, you're already doing speech therapy and this is something that people need. And I do believe, I, I do believe that, but they were like, don't, because I wanted to get a master's in acting. They're like, don't. So I finished my master's in speech therapy. But what did I do? As soon as I got my full-time job, I was like, oh, I'm going to audition for plays now. Okay. I got that job. <laughs> I'm doing that. And there became a point where I stopped speech therapy and acted full-time. I became an actor full-time for many, for many years. So that was my next question. If you wanted to ever like be like the next Nia Long or <laughs> I don't know who your favorite actress is, but like, did you ever see yourself as like being like the superstar, like movie roles and mm-hmm. Hollywood type actress? It's funny you ask that because I was just thinking about this collage slash vision board I had <laughs> many years ago. And I had all of the actors and actors of color. Some weren't actors of color, but people that I admired that I'm like, I see myself among them for many, many, many years. So, so many, so many of the greatest. I, of course, dream like, OK, I'm going to work with Angela Bassett and I'm going <laughs> to do this. And yeah, I'm going to be in a movie with Meryl Streep. And so, yes, to all of that. And what happened was somewhere around the middle of my acting career, I realized that the industry for me as a person was completely overwhelming to my self-esteem and mental health. Oh, <laughs> And okay. that's pretty powerful. And it's not for everybody, but uh, there's the passion of the craft mm-hmm. and then there's the the actual industry where people don't tell you this when you're like, I want to be an actor, but your job is auditioning rejection. And it's a lot of rejection. rejection. Yeah. A and lot of rejection. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I internalized a lot of that and it was, it was that and it was where you want to be in your life. And, mm-hmm. and I was at the time of this epiphany, I was in my late twenties and that's a big transition time where you're like, okay, I'm an adult. What do you do? But when I came across my, when I wrote my one-woman show, Food, okay. back in, uh, and I know I'm jumping, so just let me know if you're following, but my <laughs> one-woman show, Food, which came to my came to birth in my mind mm-hmm. about 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. I realized that I not only am a performer, but I'm a writer and creator, 
And I learned through that process of writing the show, which has been incredibly healing for me and others, that I can create my own stage and my own work and tell my own story and create a space for me to perform that's not limited by, are they going to pick me? And (laughs) and am I the right, you know, you go in the space and there are like six other women who look just like you for the same. But I can create something for myself and performance opportunities for myself. So that has been my liberating way to stay connected to my art. Wow. So that's awesome. So how has that been going for you? Let's talk about the food. Okay. Your show. Can you give me the name of it again? Food. It's called. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about the one woman show food and director, producer, create writer (laughs) of this awesome food stage play? Okay. Let's talk about this. So food developed from a lot of thoughts in my head about my complicated relationship with food. Around 2014, I woke up one day, I was angry. Something I experienced a lot in my life. I love food. I come from a family. I come from a large African-American family on both sides. We love to eat. We have varying sizes and experiences in my life. Same here. Same, Same right? Right? (laughs) But I realized that my relationship with food was incredibly problematic, where I use food to deal with all of my feelings, happy feelings, sad feelings, and not just, oh, I overate this time, but something more serious. But I couldn't form that into into words to express to people verbally. So I just woke up one day and I started just writing. And it may be like a a voice of a character came through. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And so I wrote some other stuff. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And it just just was a series of things that I would write and just leave alone. Then I got the opportunity around the same time, and I believe there are no accidents, but around the same time, I was offered the opportunity to do uh, an artist retreat in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. Yeah, where, yeah, uh, she doesn't do it anymore, unfortunately, but one of the big off-Broadway theaters here, the casting director did this bi-yearly, bi-annually retreat for, for actors, similar to a yoga retreat, but for artists, where you really wanted to connect with the artists within. And so you were able to go into nature and create something. And one of the things we had to create was called the Genesis Project, where you don't think about the product, you just create this thing. And so my Genesis Project was taking together, uh, compiling all of these thoughts that I had and putting it into something. And then we presented it on the last day of the retreat. And I'm like, hey, y'all, I don't know what this is, but here it is. And so I read these thoughts that I had strung together and people are like, crying and they're like Rhonda you need to make this into something and you need to produce this and finish it because it's going to help a lot of people and you also need to do it for yourself and I was like all right well I don't do anything without a debt like I need deadlines or else I'm like that's a great idea so I looked up a theater festival and there was a festival there is a festival here called the United Solo Theater Festival for one person shows specifically and you get to showcase them every year. It's a big, big, big festival. So I submitted my show and I got accepted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've never produced my own work before. How do you do this? And so I got a very, very talented friend of mine, Taylor Reynolds, who's my director. Because you don't, do, you, even if you write and do everything, you need somebody else to come in and direct yourself. So she came in, she accepted the project, and we worked together to develop it into a full show. And it premiered here off Broadway in an wow. off Broadway theater, not technically off Broadway, in New York City at Theater Row. 
And since then, I performed it in schools, in other festivals. I performed in Los Angeles, and it's grown so much. Wow. So another question I have is, is this still in, are you still performing this piece, or have you take put it on hiatus and then you'll get back to it, or you do it every few months? How does that work for you now that you're full-time mom, full-time company? Yeah, so yeah. How do you... I have a lot more to do now, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So the last time I performed, I was five months pregnant with my son. I performed with a mini belly <laughs> in Los Angeles, right? And so it's been on hiatus since I've had him. I've tried to get it back on. Right now I'm in the stage of rewriting because it's completely autobiographical. Mm -hmm. It's about me. And I have to be true to the story. And a lot of my life has changed in the last two and a half years. So, or even three years since I, three, three and a half years since I actually started writing it. So I really want to make sure that it's authentic to where I am. So I'm writing, I'm working with my director. I've had some people who said they're interested in seeing it on stage. So my plan is to get food back on stage in 2019. Okay. That's, that's the goal. Good. That's good. So... I want to jump in and talk about Simply Speech Solutions. And I know that, okay, hold on. So, yeah, so let's jump into Simply Speech Solutions coaching. Like, what does that involve? If someone is, if someone comes in and they say, okay, they want to book a session with mm -hmm. you, is there a consultation? Do you, how do you gather your clients? Good. That's mm -hmm. a good question. So usually they reach out to me online somehow and then they book a consultation call, okay. which I provide free of charge. Mm -hmm. And in that consultation, it's also an assessment of me, of, of for them, for me, of figuring out what exactly they need help with and how I can help them. Okay. So after the call, we determine what they need and if we're a good fit. If we are a good fit, mm -hmm. then we start a coaching program. Okay. The program I offer for one-on-one -on -one coaching, mm -hmm. I offer two one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. If you're coming to me saying that you need to be a more confident speaker, you have these different things going on, typically I'm going to recommend my Own It Confident Public Speaking Program. Okay. And that's a 12-week program where I take you, and goal-oriented, goal where I take you through all the steps you need to do, customized for you, mm -hmm. to be a more confident, authentic speaker in whatever situations that you're in. Mm -hmm. If you are a person who is having a speaking gig or booking speaking gigs or wanting to book a speaking gig, then you do my other program, which is Own the Room. And for Own the Room, it's a shorter program where we are getting you from beginning to end, building your speech, building your talk, giving you the tools to be confident and to deliver it in the best polished way that you feel strong and ready to go as soon as you get out. So those are the, the coaching programs that I offer. Okay, those are pretty good. I like the fact that with the owning it, mm -hmm. because more and more people are doing conferences, public speaking gigs. Mm -hmm. And so, the, yeah, they want to, there's a lot of money in that. <laughs> well, there's money there. No, yeah, so, well, yeah, it then, can be. Yeah. yeah, so if you, you know, if you can own the room and get people, you know, in there and... Mm -hmm speak confidently in in front of your audience then right. you're selling you're you're selling yourself and you're selling a product so you have to people have to believe what you're saying yeah so 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people who either program, like there's some people who go do my 12-week program that want to get to the stage of that, but mm-hmm. they can't even get through their day-to-day of, I'm at work and I feel ignored because I'm not okay. the most confident person in the space, or I'm... I'm wanting to get a promotion, right. but they're not seeing me because I'm not speaking that way, or I am terrified to even have a conversation with my coworkers or or all those kinds of things. So the 12-week people sometimes do want to do own the room, but by the time we get to own the room, we're ready to get, <laughs> we like, we, we, we're going to get you those speaking engagements. We are ready to get you booked and right. get you, or, or if you already have an engagement, you're going to win. And right. sometimes those people may still have those problems, but they're like, I got, I got chosen for this opportunity and I didn't even know I'm not, where do I start? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I got you, <laughs> let's get you ready. And often sometimes that's really big stuff because everybody tends to be leveling up in their career. Mm-hmm. So often they're getting into these opportunities that they don't think they're ready for. And I'm here to say, yes, you are. And right. we're going to get you ready. That's cool. So it's like, okay. And then, oh, so I have a question backtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person at work who is in their shell, mm-hmm. they go into work, they do their job, but they feel overshadowed. They're not, engaging with other people Mm -hmm. they feel overlooked they know that something is wrong so how do you well I guess well okay so they confide in you and let you know that okay they want to shine they want to shine more yeah and how Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that's that's the question I have like what is stopping what is stopping them from speaking to their coworker mm-hmm. or what is stopping them from speaking to their boss about maybe that raise or mm-hmm. like what is the what's the barrier is it low self-esteem lack of self-confidence just not just purely just scared to speak mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like what what's the problem with that that's a great question because Yes, and. Yes, all of the above. (laughs) And I'm so glad you went there because Mm -hmm. often people come to me and they're just like, I don't want to be anxious anymore. Okay. I don't want to be scared anymore. Okay. And I have to tell them the news that they don't want to hear is that the fear is always going to be there. And you're always going to feel anxious. The thing about it is to move through that. Exactly. But where I work, where I start to do the work, Mm -hmm. which people aren't ready for because they think I'm going to give them these strategies like, okay, and go. I start with that inner work that you're talking about is before I even tell you any strategy about how to use your voice and how to, how to deal with the anxiety and speak, we need to do the why. Why right. do you feel like you don't belong in this space? Right. Do you feel like you don't belong in this space? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like your voice is not as valuable as everybody else on your mm-hmm. team? Where do those thoughts come from? Because before this, these techniques that I give you will really work and make an impact, we got to go there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it is something deeper of, I don't feel worthy. I do work with a lot of women. I work with a lot of people of color. Sometimes it's a space of, I'm the only one that looks like me in this space. And I'm dealing with all these different things that I'm managing of realizing that I'm the only one who looks like me in this space and feeling like I can be confident but not misunderstood. And my thing is always, we got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Let's dismantle all of that. And let's figure out how you can be strong through that Mm -hmm. and use these tools to really shine. 
And the other thing, one more thing is being yourself mm -hmm. is something that we all talk about. Like, oh, you got to be yourself. You got to, you know, own who you are and be authentic. But how do you really be authentic? Exactly. And it's making mm -hmm. friends and really loving the parts that you may like, that you don't like, and realizing that these are your unique gifts that nobody else has. Right. Nobody is your level of quirky and awkward. Nobody oh. is your level of, <laughs> of, of, of loud and, and, confusing nobody has that so how can you own that and use that as something that's powerful as a tool that you can use to expand and grow and develop exactly that's yeah those are good points yeah because um everyone has their awkwardness everyone has their quirks but if you go into a space thinking that people are not going to like you or they won't value you or what you say then that is like you're just self it's self-deprecating yeah it's like it's not that's not a good thing but that's where simply speech comes yeah. in yeah which and oh, so the person acknowledges that they have a problem or mm -hmm. there's an issue that or there's a block mm -hmm. and they want to kind of just chip away at it yeah so it doesn't interfere with which is very good mm -hmm. you know that's step one it's acknowledging yeah. okay there's something that's not clicking mm -hmm. and step one is get into the problem of it because the next step is I want to get in front of mm -hmm. these people and I want to own this company mm -hmm. or I want to yes. work it or I want to run yes. it or I want to do my own thing, you know, eventually. So yeah. how do you go from step one to yeah. three? Well, to with three. all of my clients, even the ones that do the shorter own the room, we do goals day one. Okay. I'm very, very, very big on goal setting and mm -hmm. being s doing smart goals. So mm -hmm. specific, measurable, attainable, all of that. So we start with in six months, what is this? What are your big, first of all, what are your big goals? Right. Why do you want to accomplish these goals? So mm -hmm. what, what does this really mean to your life if you accomplish these big goals? Mm -hmm. And then in six months, what does it look like mm -hmm. toward these goals? In three months, what does it look like? And then we review those goals for, especially for my twelve-week clients, every month. So we're like, where, where are we? What are we doing? How can we get there? So every strategy, every session we have, we have a lesson on a specific thing. We work on whatever you're doing this week, and we're working toward that three or six-month goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So by the end of the twelve week, that person is ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes depending on the goal, they need more. They right. need more. They're like, this is great. But then I just got this opportunity and then we continue. OK. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on where, or good evening, depending on where you are. This is Honey Talk Podcast, and we are here today with guest Rhonda Khan of Simply Speech Solutions. Rhonda Khan is a speech pathologist, performer, and founder of Simply Simply Speech Solutions, a communication coaching company that empowers people to speak with confidence and authenticity. 
The one-on-one coaching group classes and company training, Simply Speech gives you the tools to tell your story, level up in your career, and get what you want in life without letting the fear of speaking hold you back. So without further ado, let's talk to Rhonda Khan. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So let's jump right in. Can I talk about your background a little bit with, okay, so you were born in Chicago. I was. And were you raised in Brooklyn or? No, I was born and raised in Chicago. I actually moved here, well, moved to Brooklyn in 2012. So it'll be almost seven years in September. Okay, seven years. Okay, so Chicago is like one of my favorite cities of Chicago. Um, I like the waterfront. So, New York, yes. New York has a beautiful waterfront, but Chicago kind of like knocks it out the box. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does. Thank it does. you. It's true. Yeah, it's it true. It does. Even though it's very cold out there. But when I visited, it was like July. Yeah. So. Summertime shy is the best, yeah. as we say. There's nothing like driving down Lakeshore Drive with that sun on the lake. It's it's breathtaking. Oh, that's good to know. Okay, so let's jump right in. Let's talk about Simply Speech Solutions and give us a little background on that, why you started the company and what you would like us to know about getting some training sessions done maybe? or Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So... I have been a speech therapist and an actor for over 12, 13 years, I think now. And it always happened together. So I finished my master's degree in speech language pathology and started working my first job as a school speech therapist. And I was in a play at the same time. So I was always doing both at the same time. Like I'd I'd work at the school, then at night I'd be auditioning or in a play or trying to do this and that. And so it was always... A thing that I did together and something that supported one another in some kind of way. My job, my full-time job supported my acting career. <laughs> and my acting career, I got information from speech therapy on in, in ways to do it better. After maybe 2014, I think, around that year, I decided I was done being a full-time pediatric speech therapist. So I would work with kids who were who were having difficulty with communication, be it a language delay, a speech delay. People typically think about kids who can't say their R's, L's, or S's, or people who stutter. Sometimes it's with language, all of those things. I decided I love children, but I wanted to do something more. And so I was freelancing and doing a bunch of different things. So I would work at a company with adults doing presentation coaching and accent coaching for those who wanted to speak English clearer. I would be working with kids in homes And I was also working on my solo show, Food, my one-woman show, where I talk about my journey loving and hating food throughout my life. And all these things are happening, and I get pregnant (laughs) with my son. And so I had a difficult pregnancy, and I had to stop working altogether. And when I gave birth to my beautiful son, I was like, all right, I don't want to do all these little jobs anymore. I really want to make want my work to be meaningful. I want it to connect my skills and passions. I've always like either done acting or done speech therapy or a little bit. I want to bring it all together and figure out how I can 
help people in a passionate way that seems purposeful and also is fulfilling to me and flexible for my new lifestyle as a mom. Exactly. So, yeah. So six months into him being alive, I'm, you know, stay at home, nursing him, doing all these things. I was like, let's start the company now. Why not now? So very slowly I began it. And then I grew. I started with word of mouth and in two years it's blossomed into this company where I I get called in to coach companies who need to empower their teams to communicate. I do one-on-one coaching with people who want to be stronger, confident communicators in their lives. And I help people who want to be speakers, want to be big public speakers, get keynotes done, get their word out, share their, their message and their business and their passions out with the world. So it's it's grown really fast, and I'm excited about it. So I like that idea of you birthed your child. Um, excuse me. You birthed your son. Yeah. And you were also birthing a new concept or a new <laughs> idea at the same time. It's like women, we do it all. Or you just can't stop, even though you're like, I have my son here, and I have to cater to him. Mm-hmm. But also... I'm unstoppable and I just want to like get my business out and I have all these ideas. I need to do it now. So that's awesome. Thank you. I just want to backtrack a little bit because I know you, the speech pathology. So you work with children. Did you ever work with like adults, like with ESL language, uh, language barriers and like maybe people who are not from this country and they want to speak clearer or not get rid of their accent, but maybe change the accent a little bit. So yes, talk about that? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did exactly that. I worked. So one of the many jobs I had when mm-hmm. I was pregnant is I worked at a firm here in Manhattan, and I was an accent reduction specialist, oh. if you will. Mm-hmm. So people who didn't have English as their first language, or maybe they felt like they had a regional dialect that Mm -hmm. affected how they were communicating clearly and how people were understanding them. And this was limiting their growth and their work and in their lives. Mm -hmm. They would come to me and what I would do was be do accent coaching. So I would teach them how to speak English, not to erase their identity. And that's something I'm very passionate about, not to erase their identity or change or make them speak in an entirely different way, but give them a set of tools so they can be understood more clearly. So I did that for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So I also want to talk about, I just want to jump in now into your acting. Okay. Where, when, and why did you start acting? Did you go to <laughs> school for it? Did mm-hmm. you, was it just like a passion that came about or you just have like this other talent, like creative talent that you just felt like, let me just jump in there and start acting? Yeah. Well, I come from a family of creatives and performers. Yeah. My parents are professional singers. My mom, as a when I was a kid, she was an actor and a singer. She still sings, but she would be acting in plays locally in Chicago. There's a famous black theater that was probably one of the first black theaters in the country called Black Ensemble Theater. It still exists in Chicago. So she was one of the first to perform in that theater. And so I grew up watching her do that. And I also was always very expressive, very creative. It was something that probably I inherited genetically. But I was also really shy and really awkward. So 
I would do little things in grade school to to sh- to show out. Like I would try out for this and try out for that. But somewhere around the end of high school, I remember auditioning for Dream Girls, and I played Laurel okay. of the three. And I just opened up and told people, "Hey, I can sing, I can act." And then in college, I started doing it extracurricularly. So I would be going to my classes and any plays that I could do or any classes I could take as a non-major, I'd be doing that. And I even started a theater company in college while I was doing academics. But, you know, you get to the point where you have adults in your ear like, well, you need a full-time job Mm -hmm. and you need some stability. And I also come from a family of teachers and they're like, you know, you're already doing speech therapy and... This is something that people need. And I do believe I, I do believe that, but they were like, don't, because I wanted to get a master's in acting. They're like, don't. So I finished my master's in speech therapy. But what did I do? As soon as I got my full-time job, I was like, oh, I'm going to audition for plays now. Okay. I got that job. <laughs> I'm doing that. And there became a point where I stopped speech therapy and acted full-time. I became an actor full-time for many, for many years. So that was my next question. If you wanted to ever like be like the next Nia Long or <laughs> I don't know who your favorite actress is, but like, did you ever see yourself as like being like the superstar, like movie roles in mm-hmm. Hollywood type actress? It's funny you asked that because I was just thinking about this collage slash vision board I had <laughs> many years ago. And I had all of the actors and actors of color. Some weren't actors of color, but people that I admired that I'm like, I see myself among them for many, many, many years. So, so many, so many of the greatest. I, of course, dream like, okay, I'm going to work with Angela Bassett and I'm going <laughs> to do this. And yeah, I'm going to be in a movie with Meryl Streep. And so, yes, to all of that. And what happened was somewhere around the middle of my acting career, I realized that the industry for me as a person was completely overwhelming to my self-esteem and mental health. Oh, <laughs> And okay. that's pretty powerful. And it's not for everybody, but uh, there's the passion of the craft mm-hmm. and then there's the the actual industry where people don't tell you this when you're like, I want to be an actor, but your job is auditioning rejection. And it's a lot of rejection. rejection yeah. A and lot of rejection. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I internalized a lot of that and it was, it was that, and it was where you want to be in your life. And, mm-hmm. and I was at the time of this epiphany, I was in my late twenties and that's a big transition time where you're like, okay, I'm an adult. What do you do? But when I came across my, when I wrote my one-woman show, Food, okay. back in, uh, and I know I'm jumping, so <laughs> let me know if you're following, but my <laughs> one-woman show, Food, which came to my came to birth in my mind mm-hmm. about 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. I realized that I not only am a performer, but I'm a writer and creator. And I learned through that process of writing the show, which has been incredibly healing for me and others, that I can create my own stage and my own work and tell my own story and create a space for me to perform that's not limited by, are they going to pick me? And (laughs) and am I the right, you know, you go in the space and there are like six other women who look just like you for the same. But I can create something for myself and performance opportunities for myself. So that has been my liberating way to stay connected to my art. Wow. So that's awesome. So how has that been going for you? Let's talk about the food. Okay. Your show. Can you give me the name of it again? Food. It's called. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So can we talk about the one woman show food and director, producer, create writer (laughs) of this awesome food stage play? Okay. Let's talk about this. So food developed from a lot of thoughts in my head about my complicated relationship with food. Around 2014, I woke up one day, I was angry. Something I experienced a lot in my life. I love food, I come from a family, I come from a large African-American family on both sides. We love to eat. We have varying sizes and experiences in my life. Same here. Same, Same right, here. <laughs> right? But I realized that my relationship with food was incredibly problematic, where I use food to deal with all of my feelings, okay. happy feelings, sad feelings, and not just, oh, I overate this time, but something more serious. But I couldn't form that into, into words to express to people verbally. Right. So I just woke up one day and I started just writing and it may be like a, a voice of a character came through and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And so I wrote some other stuff. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And it just, just was a series of things that I would write and just leave alone. Okay. Then I got the opportunity around the same time. And I believe there are no accidents, but around the same time I was offered the opportunity to do a, an artist retreat in Costa Rica Oh, wow. Yeah, where, yeah, uh, she doesn't do it anymore, unfortunately, but one of the big off Broadway theaters here, the casting director did this bi yearly, biannually retreat for for actors, similar to a yoga retreat, but for artists, where you really wanted to connect with the artist within. And so you were able to go into nature and create something. And one of the things we had to create was called the Genesis Project, where you don't think about the product, you just create this thing. And so my Genesis Project was taking together, uh, compiling all of these thoughts that I had and putting it into something. And then we presented it on the last day of the retreat. And I'm like, hey, y'all, I don't know what this is, but here it is. And so I read these thoughts that I had strung together and people are like, crying and they're like Rhonda you need to make this into something and you need to produce this and finish it because it's going to help a lot of people and you also need to do it for yourself wow. and I was like all right well I don't do anything without a debt like I need deadlines or else I'm like that's a great idea so I looked up a theater festival and there was a festival there is a festival here called the United Solo Theater Festival for one person show specifically and you get to showcase them every year. It's a big, big, big festival. So I submitted my show and I got accepted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've never produced my own work before. How do you do this? And so I got a very, very talented friend of mine, Taylor Reynolds, who's my director. Because you don't, do, you, even if you write and do everything, you need somebody else to come in and direct yourself. So she came in, she accepted the project, and we worked together to develop it into a full show. And it premiered here off-Broadway, in an off-Broadway theater, not technically off-Broadway, in New York City at Theater Row. And since then, I performed it in schools, in other festivals. I performed in Los Angeles, and it's grown so much. Wow. So another question I have is, is this still in, are you still performing this piece, or have you... Take, put it on hiatus and then you'll get back to it or you do it every few months. How does that work for you now that you're full-time mom, full-time company? Yeah, so yeah. How do you, 
I have a lot more to do now, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So the last time I performed, I was five months pregnant with my son. I performed with a mini belly <laughs> in Los Angeles, right? And so it's been on hiatus since I've had him. I've tried to get it back on. Right now I'm in the stage of rewriting because it's completely autobiographical. Mm -hmm. It's about me. And I have to be true to the story. And a lot of my life has changed in the last two and a half years. So, or even three years since I, three, three and a half years since I actually started writing it. So I really want to make sure that it's authentic to where I am. So I'm writing, I'm working with my director. I've had some people who said they, they're interested in seeing it on stage. So my plan is to get food back on stage in 2019. Okay. That's, that's the goal. Good. That's good. So... I want to jump in and talk about Simply Speech Solutions. And I know that, so yeah, so let's jump into Simply Speech Solutions coaching. Like, what does that involve? If someone is, if someone comes in and they say, okay, they want to book a session with mm -hmm. you, is there a consultation? Do you, how do you gather your clients? Good. That's mm -hmm. a good question. So usually they reach out to me online somehow and then they book a consultation call, okay. which I provide free of charge. Mm -hmm. And in that consultation, it's also an assessment of me, of, of, for them, for me, of figuring out what exactly they need help with and how I can help them. Okay. So after the call, we determine what they need and if we're a good fit. If we are a good fit, mm -hmm. then we start a coaching program. Okay. The program I offer for one-on-one -on -one coaching, mm -hmm. I offer two one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. If you're coming to me saying that you need to be a more confident speaker, you have these different things going on, typically I'm going to recommend my Own It Confident Public Speaking Program. Okay. And that's a 12-week program where I take you, and goal-oriented, where I take you through all the steps you need to do, customized for you, mm -hmm. to be a more confident, authentic speaker in whatever situations that you're in. Mm -hmm. If you are a person who is having a speaking gig or booking speaking gigs or wanting to book a speaking gig, then you do my other program, which is Own the Room. And for Own the Room, it's a shorter program where we are getting you from beginning to end, building your speech, building your talk, giving you the tools to be confident and to deliver it in the best polished way that you feel strong and ready to go as soon as you get out. So those are the, the coaching programs that I offer. Okay, those are pretty good. I like the fact that with the owning it, mm -hmm. because more and more people are doing conferences, public speaking gigs. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they want to, there's a lot of money in that. <laughs> well, there's money there. No, yeah, so, well, yeah, it then, can be. Yeah. yeah, so if you, you know, if you can own the room and get people, you know, in there and... Mm -hmm speak confidently and in front of your audience then right you're selling you're you're selling yourself and you're selling a product so you have to people have to believe what you're saying yeah so. yeah and I think a lot of people who either program like there's some people who go do my 12-week program that want to get to the stage of that but mm -hmm. they can't even get through their day-to-day -day of I'm at work and I feel ignored because I'm not okay. the most confident person in the space or I'm I'm wanting to get a promotion. Right. But they're not seeing me because I'm not speaking that way or I am terrified to even have a conversation with my coworkers or or all those kinds of things. So the 12 week people sometimes do want to do own the room. But by the time we get to own the room, 
we're ready to get <laughs> we like we, we we're gonna get you those speaking engagements we are ready to get you booked and yeah. get you or, or if you already have an engagement you're going to win and right. sometimes those people may still have those problems but they're like I got I got chosen for this opportunity and I didn't even know I'm not where do I start mm-hmm. and I'm like I got you <laughs> let's get you ready and often sometimes that's really big stuff because everybody tends to be leveling up in their career mm-hmm. so often they're getting into these opportunities that they don't think they're ready for and I'm here to say yes you are and right. we're going to get you ready that's cool so it's like okay and then oh so I have a question backtrack mm-hmm. uh the person at work who is in their shell, mm-hmm. they go into work, they do their job, but they feel overshadowed. They're not engaging with other people. Mm-hmm. They feel overlooked. They know that something is wrong. So how do you... Well, I guess... Well, okay, so they confide in you and let you know that, okay, they want to shine. They want to shine more. Yeah. And how? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the question I have. Like, what is stopping what is stopping them from speaking to their coworker, mm-hmm. or what is stopping them from speaking to their boss about maybe that raise, or mm-hmm. like, what is the what's the barrier? Is it low self esteem, lack of self confidence, just not just purely just scared to speak Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like what what's the problem with that that's a great question because yes and yes all of the above (laughs) and I'm so glad you went there because Mm -hmm. often people come to me and they're just like I don't want to be anxious anymore okay I don't want to be scared anymore okay and I have to tell them the news that they don't want to hear is that the fear is always going to be there right. and you're always going to feel anxious. The thing about it is to move through that. Exactly. But where I work, where I start to do the work, which mm-hmm. people aren't ready for because they think I'm going to give them these strategies like, okay, and go. I start with that inner work that you're talking about is before I even tell you any strategy about how to use your voice and how to, how to deal with the anxiety and speak, we need to do the why. Why do you feel like you don't belong in this space? Do you feel like you don't belong in this space? Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like your voice is not as valuable as everybody else in your team? Mm -hmm. Where do those thoughts come from? Because before this, these techniques that I give you will really work and make an impact. We got to go there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it is something deeper of, I don't feel worthy. I do work with a lot of women. I work with a lot of people of color. Sometimes it's a space of I'm the only one that looks like me in this space. And I'm dealing with all these different things that I'm managing of realizing that I'm the only one who looks like me in this space and feeling like I can be confident but not misunderstood. And my thing is always we got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's get into Let's talk about it. Let's dismantle all of that. And let's figure out how you can be strong through that Mm -hmm. and use these tools to really shine. And the other thing, one more thing is being yourself Mm -hmm. is something that we all talk about. Like, oh, you got to be yourself. You got to, you know, own who you are and be authentic. But how do you really be authentic? Exactly. And it's making Mm -hmm. friends and really loving the parts that you may like, that you don't like, and realizing that these are your unique gifts that nobody else has. Nobody is your level of quirky and awkward. Nobody is your level of... (laughs) Of, of, of loud and, and 
confusing. Nobody has that. So how can you own that and use that as something that's powerful as a tool that you can use to expand and grow and develop? Exactly. That's yeah, those are good points. Yeah, because um everyone has their awkwardness, everyone has their quirks. But if you go into a space thinking that people are not going to like you or they won't value you or what you say, then that is like you're just self it's self deprecating. Yeah. It's like it's not that's not a good thing. But that's where simply speech comes yeah. in. Yeah. Which and oh, so the person acknowledges that they have a problem or mm-hmm. there's an issue that or there's a block mm-hmm. and they want to kind of just chip away at it yeah. so it doesn't interfere with which is very good mm-hmm. you know that's step one it's acknowledging yeah. okay there's something that's not clicking mm-hmm. and step one is getting to the problem of it because the next step is I want to get in front of mm-hmm. these people and I want to own this company mm-hmm. or I want to yes. work it or I want to run yes. it or I want to do my own thing, you know, eventually. So yeah. how do you go from step one to yeah. three? Well, two, with right? all of my clients, even the ones that do the shorter own the room, we do goals day one. Okay. I'm very, very, very big on goal setting and mm-hmm. being doing smart goals so Mm -hmm. specific measurable attainable all of that so we start with in six months what is this what are your big first of all what are your big goals why do you want to accomplish these goals so Mm -hmm. what what does this really mean to your life if you accomplish these big goals Mm -hmm. and then in six months what does it look like Mm -hmm. toward these goals in three months what does it look like and then we review those goals for especially for my 12-week clients every month so we're like where where are we what are we doing? How can we get there? So every strategy, every session we have, we have a lesson on a specific thing. We work on whatever you're doing this week, and we're working toward that three- or six-month goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So by the end of the 12 week, that person is ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes depending on the goal, they need more. They right. need more. They're like, this is great, but then... I just got this opportunity, and then we continue. Okay. Good morning, or good afternoon, depending on where, or good evening, depending on where you are. This is Honey Talk Podcast, and we are here today with guest Rhonda Khan of Simply Speech Solutions. Rhonda Khan is a speech pathologist, performer, and founder of Simply Speech Solutions, a communication coaching company that empowers people to speak with confidence and authenticity. Though one-on-one coaching group classes and company training, Simply Speech gives you the tools to tell your story, Level up in your career and get what you want in life without letting the fear of speaking hold you back. So without further ado, let's talk to Rhonda Khan. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Um, So let's jump right in. Can I talk about your background a little bit with... Okay, so you were born in Chicago. I was. And... Were you raised in Brooklyn or? No, I was born and raised in Chicago. I actually moved here 
well, moved to Brooklyn in 2012. So what's, it'll be almost seven years in September. Okay. Seven years. Okay. So Chicago is like one of my favorite cities. I love Chicago. Um, I like the waterfront. So beautiful. New York, yes. New York has a beautiful waterfront, but Chicago kind of like knocks it out the box. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does. Thank it does. you. It's true. Yeah, it's it true. It does. Even though it's very cold out there. But when I visited, it was like July. Yeah. So. Summertime shy is the best, yeah. as we say. There's nothing like driving down Lakeshore Drive with that sun on the lake. It's it's breathtaking. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. So... Let's jump right in. Let's talk about Simply Speech Solutions and give us a little background on that, why you started the company and what you would like us to know about getting some training sessions done maybe? or Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have been a speech therapist and an actor for over 12, 13 years, I think now, and it always happened together. So I finished my master's degree in speech language pathology and started working my first job as a school speech therapist. And I was in a play at the same time. So I was always doing both at the same time. Like I'd, I'd work at the school, then at night I'd be auditioning or in a play or trying to do this and that. And so it was always a thing that I did together and something that supported one another in some kind of way. My job, my full-time job supported my acting career. <laughs> and my acting career, I got information from speech therapy on and, and ways to do it better. After maybe 2014, I think around that year, I decided I was done being a full-time pediatric speech therapist. So I would work with kids who were, who were having difficulty with communication, be it a language delay, a speech delay. People typically think about kids who can't say their R's, L's, or S's, or people who stutter. Sometimes it's with language, all of those things. I decided I love children, but I wanted to do something more. And so I was freelancing and doing a bunch of different things. So I would work at a company with adults doing presentation coaching and accent coaching for those who wanted to speak English clearer. I would be working with kids in homes. And I was also working on my solo show, Food, my one-woman show, where I talk about my journey loving and hating food throughout my life. And all these things are happening, and I get pregnant oh, wow. <laughs> with my son. And so I had a difficult pregnancy, and I had to stop working altogether. And when I gave birth to my beautiful son, I was like, all right, I don't want to do all these little jobs anymore. I really want to make want my work to be meaningful. I want it to connect my skills and passions. I've always like either done acting or done speech therapy or a little bit. I want to bring it all together and figure out how I can help people in a passionate way that seems purposeful and also is fulfilling to me and flexible for my new lifestyle as a mom. Exactly. So yeah, so six months into him being alive, I'm you know stay at home nursing him, doing all these things. I was like, let's start the company now. Why not now? So very slowly I began it, and then I grew. I started with word of mouth, and in two years it's blossomed into this company where I, I get called in to coach companies who need to empower their teams to communicate. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with people who want to be stronger, confident communicators in their lives, and I help people who want to be speakers, want to be big public speakers, get keynotes done, get their word out, share their, their message and their business and their passions out with the world. 
So it's it's grown really fast, and I'm excited about it. So I like the idea of you birthed your child. Um, excuse me, you birthed your son. Yeah. And you were also birthing a new concept or a new <laughs> idea at the same time. It's like women, we do it all. It, or you just can't stop, even though you're like, I have my son here and I have to cater to him. Mm -hmm. But also I'm unstoppable and I just want to like get my business out and I have all these ideas. I need to do it now. So that's awesome. Thank you. I just want to backtrack a little bit because I know you, the speech pathology. So you work with children. Did you ever work with like adults, like with ESL language, uh, language barriers and like maybe people who are not from this country and they want to speak clearer or not get rid of their accent, but maybe change their accent a little bit. So yes talk about okay yeah 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 i did exactly that i worked so one of the many jobs i had when mm -hmm. i was pregnant is i worked at a firm here in manhattan and i was an accent reduction specialist oh. if you will mm -hmm. so people who didn't have english as their first language or maybe they felt like they had a regional dialect that mm -hmm. affected how they were communicating clearly and how people were understanding them and this was Im limiting their growth and their work and in their lives, mm -hmm. they would come to me and what I would do was be do accent coaching. So I would teach them how to speak English, not to erase their identity, and that's something I'm very passionate about, not to erase their identity or change or make them speak in an entirely different way, but give them a set of tools so they can be understood more clearly. So I did that for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So I also want to talk about I just want to jump in now into your acting. Okay. Where, when, and why did you start acting? Did you go to school for it? Did mm -hmm. you, was it just like a passion that came about or you just have like this other talent, like creative talent that you just felt like, let me just jump in there and start acting? Yeah. Well, I come from a family of creatives and performers. Yeah. My parents are professional singers. My mom is a, when I was a kid, she was, an actor and a singer. She still sings, but she would be acting in plays locally in Chicago. There's a famous black theater that was probably one of the first black theaters in the country called Black Ensemble Theater. It still exists in Chicago. So she was one of the first to perform in that theater. And so I grew up watching her do that. And I also was always very expressive, very creative. It was something that probably I inherited genetically, but I was also really shy okay. and really awkward. So I would do little things in grade school to, to, sh to show out, like I would try out for this and try out for that. But somewhere around the end of high school, I remember auditioning for Dream Girls, and I played Laurel okay. of the three. And I just opened up and told people, hey, I can sing, I can act. And then in college, I started doing it extracurricularly. So I would be going to my classes and any plays that I could do or any classes I could take as a non-major, I'd be doing that. And I even started a theater company in college while I was doing academics. But, you know, you get to the point where you have adults in your ear like, well, you need a full-time job mm -hmm. and you need some stability. And I also come from a family of teachers and they're like, you know, you're already doing speech therapy and this is something that people need. And I do believe, I, I do believe that, but 
they were like, don't, because I wanted to get a master's in acting. They're like, don't. So I finished my master's in speech therapy. But what did I do? As soon as I got my full-time job, I was like, oh, I'm going to audition for plays now. Okay. I got that job. <laughs> I'm doing that. And there became a point where I stopped speech therapy and acted full-time. I became an actor full-time for many, for many years. So that was my next question. If you wanted to ever like be like the next Nia Long or <laughs> I don't know who your favorite actress is, but like, did you ever see yourself as like being like the superstar, like movie roles and mm -hmm. Hollywood type actress? It's funny you ask that because I was just thinking about this collage slash vision board I had <laughs> many years ago. And I had all of the actors and actors of color. Some were actors of color, but people that I admired that I'm like, I see myself among them for many, many, many years. So, so many, so many of the greatest. I, of course, dreamed like, OK, I'm going to work with Angela Bassett and I'm going <laughs> to do this. And yeah, I'm going to be in a movie with Meryl Streep. And so, yes, to all of that. And what happened was somewhere around the middle of my acting career, I realized that the industry for me as a person was completely overwhelming to my self-esteem and mental health. Oh, <laughs> And okay. that's pretty powerful. And it's not for everybody, but uh, there's the passion of the craft mm -hmm. and then there's the the actual industry where people don't tell you this when you're like, I want to be an actor, but your job is auditioning. Rejection. And it's a lot of rejection. rejection yeah. A and lot of rejection. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I internalized a lot of that and it was, it was that and it was where you want to be in your life. And, mm -hmm. and I was at the time of this epiphany, I was in my late twenties and that's a big transition time where you're like, okay, I'm an adult. What do you do? But when I came across my, when I wrote my one-woman show, Food, okay. back in, uh, and I know I'm jumping, so just let me know if you're following, but my <laughs> one-woman show, Food, which came to my came to birth in my mind mm -hmm. about 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. I realized that I not only am a performer, but I'm a writer and creator. And I learned through that process of writing the show, which has been incredibly healing for me and others, that I can create my own stage and my own work and tell my own story and create a space for me to perform that's not limited by, are they going to pick me? Exactly. And, yes. and am I the right, you know, you go in the space and there are like six other women who look just like you for the <laughs> same. But I can create something right. for myself and performance opportunities for myself. So that has been my liberating way to stay connected to my art. Wow. So that's awesome. So how has that been going for you? Let's talk about the food. Okay. Your show. Can you give me the name of it again? Food. It's that's called. The name. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about the one woman show food and director, producer, create writer <laughs> of this awesome food stage play. Okay. Let's talk about this. So food developed from a lot of thoughts in my head about my complicated relationship with food. Around 2014, I woke up one day, I was angry. Something I experienced a lot in my life. I love food. I come from a family. I come from a large African-American family on both sides. We love to eat. 
we have varying sizes and experiences in my life. Same here. Same, Same right? Here. <laughs> right? But I realized that my relationship with food was incredibly problematic where I use food to deal with all of my feelings, okay. happy feelings, sad feelings. And not just, oh, I overate this time, but something more serious. But I couldn't form that into into words to express to people verbally. Right. So I just woke up one day and I started just writing. And it maybe like a, a voice of a character came through. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And so I wrote some other stuff. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And it just, just was a series of things that I would write and just leave alone. Okay. Then I got the opportunity around the same time, and I believe there are no accidents, but around the same time I was offered the opportunity to do uh, an artist retreat in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. Yeah, where, yeah, uh, she doesn't do it anymore, unfortunately, but one of the big off-Broadway theaters here, the casting director did this bi-yearly, bi-annually retreat for, for actors, similar to a yoga retreat, but for artists, where you really wanted to connect with the artists within. And so you were able to go into nature and create something. And one of the things we had to create was called the Genesis Project, where you don't think about the product, you just create this thing. And so my Genesis Project was taking together, uh, compiling all of these thoughts that I had and putting it into something. And then we presented it on the last day of the retreat. And I'm like, hey, y'all, I don't know what this is, but here it is. And so I read these thoughts that I had strung together, and people are like, crying and they're like Rhonda you need to make this into something and you need to produce this and finish it because it's going to help a lot of people and you also need to do it for yourself wow. and I was like all right well I don't do anything without a debt like I need deadlines or else I'm like that's a great idea so I looked up a theater festival and there was a festival there is a festival here called the United Solo Theater Festival for one person shows specifically and you get to showcase them every year. It's a big, big, big festival. So I submitted my show and I got accepted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've never produced my own work before. How do you do this? And so I got a very, very talented friend of mine, Taylor Reynolds, who's my director. Because you don't, do, you, even if you write and do everything, you need somebody else to come in and direct yourself. So she came in, she accepted the project, and we worked together to develop it into a full show. And it premiered here off-Broadway, in an wow. off-Broadway theater, not technically off-Broadway, in New York City at Theater Row. And since then, I performed it in schools, in other festivals. I performed in Los Angeles, and it's grown so much. Wow. So another question I have is, is this still in, are you still performing this piece, or have you... Take, put it on hiatus and then you'll get back to it or you do it every few months. How does that work for you now that you're full-time mom, full-time company? Yeah, so yeah. How do you I have a lot more to do now, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So the last time I performed, I was five months pregnant with my son. I performed with a mini belly <laughs> in Los Angeles, right? And so it's been on hiatus since I've had him. I've tried to get it back on. Right now I'm in the stage of rewriting because it's completely autobiographical. Mm -hmm. It's about me. And I have to be true to the story. And a lot of my life has changed in the last two and a half years. So, or even three years since I, three, three and a half years since I actually started writing it. So I really want to make sure that it's authentic to where I am. So I'm writing, I'm working with my director. I've had some people who said they, they're interested in seeing it on stage. So my plan is to get food back on stage in 2019. Okay. That's, That's the goal. 
good. So I want to jump in and talk about Simply Speech Solutions. And I know that, okay, hold on. So yeah, so let's jump into Simply Speech Solutions coaching. Like, what does that involve? If someone is, if someone comes in and they say, okay, they want to book a session with mm-hmm. you, is there a consultation? Do you, how do you gather your clients? Good. That's mm-hmm. a good question. So usually they reach out to me online somehow and then they book a consultation call, okay. which I provide free of charge. Mm-hmm. And in that consultation, it's also an assessment of me, of, fig- of for them, for me, of figuring out what exactly they need help with and how I can help them. Okay. So after the call, we determine what they need and if we're a good fit. If we are a good fit, mm-hmm. then we start a coaching program. Okay. The program I offer for one-on-one coaching, mm-hmm. I offer two one-on-one coaching programs. If you're coming to me saying that you need to be a more confident speaker, you have these different things going on, typically I'm going to recommend my Own It Confident Public Speaking Program. Okay. And that's a 12-week program where I take you, and goal-oriented, where I take you through all the steps you need to do, customized for you, mm-hmm. to be a more confident, authentic speaker in whatever situations that you're in. Mm-hmm. If you are a person who is having a speaking gig or booking speaking gigs or wanting to book a speaking gig, then you do my other program, which is Own the Room. And for Own the Room, it's a shorter program where we are getting you from beginning to end, building your speech, building your talk, giving you the tools to be confident and to deliver it in the best polished way that you feel strong and ready to go as soon as you get out. So those are the the coaching programs that I offer. Okay, those are pretty good. I like the fact that with the owning it, Mm -hmm. because more and more people are doing conferences, public speaking gigs. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they want to, there's a lot of money in that. (laughs) Well, there's money there. No, yeah, well, yeah, it can be. Yeah. Yeah, so if you... You know, if you can own the room and get people, you know, in there and mm-hmm. speak confidently and in front of your audience, then right. you're selling you're you're selling yourself and you're selling a product. So you have to people have to believe what you're saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who either program like there's some people who go do my 12 week program that want to get to the stage of that but they mm-hmm. can't even get through their day to day of I'm at work and I feel ignored because I'm not okay. the most confident person in the space or I'm I'm wanting to get a promotion right. but they're not seeing me because I'm not speaking that way or I am terrified to even have a conversation with my coworkers or or all those kinds of things. So the 12-week people sometimes do want to do own the room. But by the time we get to own the room, we're ready to get, <laughs> we like, we, we, we're going to get you those speaking engagements. We are ready to get you booked and right. get you, or, or if you already have an engagement, you're going to win. And right. sometimes those people may still have those problems, but they're like, I got, I got chosen for this opportunity and I didn't even know, I'm not, where do I start? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I got you. <laughs> Let's get you ready. And Often, sometimes that's really big stuff because everybody tends to be leveling up in their career. Mm -hmm. So often they're getting into these opportunities that they don't think they're ready for. And I'm here to say, yes, you are. And we're going to get you ready. That's cool. So it's like, okay. And then, oh, so I have a question backtracked. Mm -hmm. Uh, The person at work who 
is in their shell. Mm -hmm. They go into work, they do their job, but they feel overshadowed. They're not engaging with other people. Mm -hmm. They feel overlooked. They know that something is wrong. So how do you... Well, I guess... Well, okay, so they confide in you and let you know that, okay, they want to shine. They want to shine more. Yeah. And how? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that's that's the question I have. Like, what is stopping what is stopping them from speaking to their coworker? Mm-hmm. Or what is stopping them from speaking to their boss about maybe that raise or mm-hmm. like what is the what's the barrier? Is it low self esteem, lack of self confidence, just not just purely just scared to speak? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like what what's the problem with that? That's a great question because yes and yes all of the above <laughs> and I'm so glad you went there because mm-hmm. often people come to me and they're just like I don't want to be anxious anymore. Okay. I don't want to be scared anymore. Okay. And I have to tell them the news that they don't want to hear is that the fear is always going to be there right. and you're always going to feel anxious. The thing about it is to move through that. Exactly. But where I work, where I start to do the work, which mm-hmm. people aren't ready for because they think I'm going to give them these strategies like, okay, and go. I start with that inner work that you're talking about is before I even tell you any strategy about how to use your voice and how to, how to deal with the anxiety and speak, we need to do the why. Why do you feel like you don't belong in this space? Do you feel like you don't belong in this space? Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like your voice is not as valuable as everybody else in your team? Mm -hmm. Where do those thoughts come from? Because before this, these techniques that I give you will really work and make an impact. We got to go there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it is something deeper of, I don't feel worthy. I do work with a lot of women. I work with a lot of people of color. Sometimes it's a space of I'm the only one that looks like me in this space. And I'm dealing with all these different things that I'm managing of realizing that I'm the only one who looks like me in this space and feeling like I can be confident but not misunderstood. And my thing is always we got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's get into Let's talk about it. Let's dismantle all of that. And let's figure out how you can be strong through that Mm -hmm. and use these tools to really shine. And the other thing, one more thing is being yourself Mm -hmm. is something that we all talk about, like, oh, you got to be yourself. You got to, you know, own who you are and be authentic. But how do you really be authentic? Exactly. And it's making Mm -hmm. friends and really loving the parts that you may like, that you don't like, and realizing that these are your unique gifts that nobody else has. Nobody is your level of quirky and awkward. Nobody is your level of... (laughs) Of, of, of loud and, and confusing. Nobody has that. So how can you own that and use that as something that's powerful as a tool that you can use to expand and grow and develop? Exactly. That's, yeah, those are good points. Yeah, because um, everyone has their awkwardness. Everyone has their quirks. But if you go into a space thinking that people are not going to like you or they won't value you, or what you say, then that is like you're just self. It's self-deprecating. Yeah, it's like it's not. That's not a good thing. But that's where simply speech comes yeah. in. Yeah, which and it, oh, so the person acknowledges that they have a problem or mm-hmm. there's an issue that or there's a block, mm-hmm. and they want to kind of just chip away at it. 
Yeah. So it doesn't interfere with, which is very good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's step one. It's acknowledging, yeah. okay, there's something that's not clicking. Mm-hmm. And step one is get into the problem of it because the next step is I want to get in front of mm-hmm. these people and I want to own this company mm-hmm. or I want to yes. work it or I want to run yes. it or I want to do my own thing, you know, eventually. So yeah. how do you go from step one to yeah. three? Well, with all of my clients, even the ones that do the shorter own the room, we do goals day one. I'm very, very, very big on goal setting and Mm -hmm. being doing smart goals. So Mm -hmm. specific, measurable, attainable, all of that. So we start with in six months. What is this? What are your big? First of all, what are your big goals? Right. Why do you want to accomplish these goals? So mm-hmm. what what does this really mean to your life if you accomplish these big goals? Mm-hmm. And then in six months, what does it look like mm-hmm. toward these goals? In three months, what does it look like? And then we review those goals, for especially for my 12-week clients, every month. So we're like, where where are we? What are we doing? How can we get there? So every strategy, every session we have, we have a lesson on a specific thing. We work on whatever you're doing this week. And we're working toward that three or six month goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So by the end of the 12 week, that person is ready to go. Yeah. Much. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes depending on the goal, they need more. They right. need more. They're like, this is great, but then I just got this opportunity and then we continue. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on where, or good evening, depending on where you are. This is Honey Talk Podcast, and we are here today with guest Rhonda Khan of Simply Speech Solutions. Rhonda Khan is a speech pathologist, performer, and founder of Simply Speech Solutions, a communication coaching company that empowers people to speak with confidence and authenticity. The one-on-one coaching group classes and company training, Simply Speech gives you the tools to tell your story, level up in your career, and get what you want in life without letting the fear of speaking hold you back. So without further ado, let's talk to Rhonda Khan. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Um, So let's jump right in. Can I talk about your background a little bit with... Okay, so you were born in Chicago. I was. And were you raised in Brooklyn or? No, I was born and raised in Chicago. I actually moved here, well, moved to Brooklyn in 2012. So it'll be almost seven years in September. Okay, seven years. Okay, so Chicago is like one of my favorite cities. I love Chicago. Um, I like the waterfront. So beautiful. Yes. New York has a beautiful waterfront, but Chicago kind of like knocks it out the box. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does. Thank it does. you. It's true. Yeah, it's it true. It does. Even though it's very cold out there. But when I visited, it was like July. Yeah. So. Summertime shy is the best, yeah. as we say. There's nothing like driving down Lakeshore Drive with that sun on the lake. It's it's breathtaking. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. So... Let's jump right in. Let's talk about Simply Speech Solutions. 
and give us a little background on that, why you started the company and what you would like us to know about getting some training sessions done maybe or yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I have been a speech therapist and an actor for over 12 13 years I think now and it always happened together so I finished my master's degree in speech language pathology and started working my first job as a school speech therapist and I was in a play at the same time so I was always doing both at the same time like I'd, I'd work at the school then at night I'd be auditioning or in a play or trying to do this and that and so it was always a thing that I did together and something that supported one another in some kind of way my job my full-time job supported my acting career (laughs) and my acting career I got information from speech therapy on and and ways to do it better after maybe 2014 I think around that year I decided I was done being a full-time pediatric speech therapist so I would work with kids who were who were having difficulty with communication, be it a language delay, a speech delay. People typically think about kids who can't say their R's, L's, or S's, or people who stutter. Sometimes it's with language, all of those things. I decided I love children, but I wanted to do something more. And so I was freelancing and doing a bunch of different things. So I would work at a company with adults doing presentation coaching and accent coaching for those who wanted to speak English clearer. I would be working with kids in homes. And I was also working on my solo show, Food, my one-woman show, where I talk about my journey loving and hating food throughout my life. And all these things are happening, and I get pregnant (laughs) with my son. And so... I had a difficult pregnancy and I had to stop working all together. And when I gave birth to my beautiful son, I was like, all right, I don't want to do all these little jobs anymore. I really want to make want my work to be meaningful. I want it to connect my skills and passions. I've always like either done acting or done speech therapy or a little bit. I want to bring it all together and figure out how I can help people in a passionate way that seems purposeful and also is fulfilling to me and flexible for my new lifestyle as a mom. Exactly. So, yeah. So six months into him being alive, I'm, you know, stay at home, nursing him, doing all these things. I was like, let's start the company now. Why not now? So very slowly I began it. And then I grew, I started with word of mouth and, and, Two years, it's blossomed into this company where I I get called in to coach companies who need to empower their teams to communicate. I do one-on-one coaching with people who want to be stronger, confident communicators in their lives. And I help people who want to be speakers, want to be big public speakers, get keynotes done, get their word out, share their, their message and their business and their passions out with the world. So it's it's grown really fast, and I'm excited about it. So I like that idea of you birthed your child, um, excuse me, you birthed your son. Yeah. And you were also birthing a new concept or a new (laughs) idea at the same time. It's like women, we do it all. Or you just can't stop, even though you're like, I have my son here and I have to cater to him. Mm -hmm. But also... I'm unstoppable and I just want to like get my business out and I have all these ideas. I need to do it now. So that's awesome. Thank you. I just want to backtrack a little bit because I know you, the speech pathology. So you work with children. 
did you ever work with like adults like with ESL language uh, language barriers and like maybe people who are not from this country and they want to speak clearer or not get rid of their accent but maybe change their accent a little bit so yes talk about okay yeah 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 I did exactly that I worked so one of the many jobs I had when Mm -hmm. I was pregnant is I worked at a firm here in Manhattan and I was an accent reduction specialist if you will Mm -hmm. so people who didn't have English as their first language or maybe they felt like they had a regional dialect that Mm -hmm. affected how they were communicating clearly and how people were understanding them and this was limiting their growth and their work and in their lives, Mm -hmm. they would come to me and what I would do was be do accent coaching. So I would teach them how to speak English, not to erase their identity. And that's something I'm very passionate about, not to erase their identity or change or make them speak an entirely different way, but give them a set of tools so they can be understood more clearly. So I did that for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So I also want to talk about, I just want to jump in now into your acting. Okay. Where, when, and why did you start acting? Did you go to school for it? Did mm-hmm. you, was it just like a passion that came about? Or you just have like this other talent, like creative talent that you just felt like, let me just jump in there and start acting? Yeah. Well, I come from a family of creatives and performers. Yeah. My parents are professional singers. My mom, is a when I was a kid, she was an actor and a singer. She still sings, but she would be acting in plays locally in Chicago. There's a famous black theater that was probably one of the first black theaters in the country called Black Ensemble Theater. It still exists in Chicago. So she was one of the first to perform in that theater. And so I grew up watching her do that. Mm -hmm. And I also was always very expressive, very creative. It was something that probably I inherited genetically, Mm -hmm. but I was also really shy and really awkward. So I would do little things in grade school to to, sh- to show out, like I would try out for this and try out for that. But somewhere around the end of high school, I remember auditioning for Dream Girls, and I played Laurel okay. of the three. And I just opened up and told people, hey, I can sing, I can act. And then in college, I started doing it extracurricularly, so I would be going to my classes and any plays that I could do or any classes I could take as a non-major I'd be doing that and I even started a theater company in college while I was doing academics but you know you get to the point where you have adults in your ear like well you need a full-time job Mm -hmm. and you need some stability and I also come from a family of teachers and they're like you know you're already doing speech therapy and this is something that people need and I do believe I, I do believe that but they were like, don't, because I wanted to get a master's in acting. They're like, don't. So I finished my master's in speech therapy. But what did I do? As soon as I got my full-time job, I was like, oh, I'm going to audition for plays now. Okay. I got that job. <laughs> I'm doing that. And there became a point where I stopped speech therapy and acted full-time. I became an actor full-time for many, for many years. So that was my next question. If you wanted to ever like be like the next Nia Long or <laughs> I don't know who your favorite actress is, but like did you ever see yourself as like being like the superstar, like movie roles in mm-hmm. Hollywood type actress? 
It's funny you ask that because I was just thinking about this collage slash vision board I had <laughs> many years ago. And I had all of the actors and actors of color. Some weren't actors of color, but people that I admired that I'm like, I see myself among them for many, many, many years. So, so many, so many of the greatest. I, of course, dream like, okay, I'm going to work with Angela Bassett and I'm going <laughs> to do this. And yeah, I'm going to be in a movie with Meryl Streep. And so, yes, to all of that. And what happened was somewhere around the middle of my acting career, I realized that the industry for me as a person was completely overwhelming to my self-esteem and mental health. Oh, <laughs> And okay. that's pretty powerful. And it's not for everybody, but uh, there's the passion of the craft mm -hmm. and then there's the the actual industry where people don't tell you this when you're like, I want to be an actor, but your job is auditioning rejection. And it's a lot of rejection. rejection yeah. A and lot of rejection. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I internalized a lot of that and it was, it was that, and it was where you want to be in your life. And, mm -hmm. and I was at the time of this epiphany, I was in my late twenties and that's a big transition time where you're like, okay, I'm an adult. What do you do? But when I came across my, when I wrote my one-woman show, Food, okay. back in, uh, and I know I'm jumping, so <laughs> let me know if you're following, but my <laughs> one-woman show, Food, which came to my came to birth in my mind mm -hmm. about 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. I realized that I not only am a performer, but I'm a writer and creator. And I learned through that process of writing the show, which has been incredibly healing for me and others, that I can create my own stage and my own work and tell my own story and create a space for me to perform that's not limited by, are they going to pick me? Exactly. And, yes. and am I the right, you know, you go in the space and there are like six other women who look just like you for the same. But I can create something right. for myself and performance opportunities for myself. So that has been my liberating way to stay connected to my art. Wow. So that's awesome. So how has that been going for you? Let's talk about the food. Okay. Your show. Can you give me the name of it again? Food. It's that's called. The name. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about the one woman show food and director, producer, create writer <laughs> of this awesome food stage play. Okay. Let's talk about this. So food developed from a lot of thoughts in my head about my complicated relationship with food. Around 2014, I woke up one day, I was angry. Something I experienced a lot in my life. I love food. I come from a family. I come from a large African-American family on both sides. We love to eat. We have varying sizes and experiences in my life. Same here. Same, Same right? Here. <laughs> right? But I realized that my relationship with food was incredibly problematic, where I use food to deal with all of my feelings, okay. happy feelings, sad feelings, and not just, oh, I overate this time, but something more serious. But I couldn't form that into into words to express to people verbally. Right. So I just woke up one day and I started just writing. And it may be like a, a voice of a character came through. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And so I wrote some other stuff. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but okay. And it just, just was a series of things that I would write and just leave alone. Okay. Then I got the opportunity around the same time, and I believe there are no accidents, but around the same time I was offered the opportunity to do uh, an artist retreat in Costa Rica. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, awesome. where, yeah, uh, she doesn't do it anymore, unfortunately, but one of the big off-Broadway theaters here, the casting director did this bi-yearly, bi-annually retreat for for actors, similar to a yoga retreat, but for artists, where you really wanted to connect with the artists within. And so you were able to go into nature and create something. And one of the things we had to create was called a Genesis project, where you don't think about the product, you just create this thing. And so my Genesis project was taking together, uh, compiling all of these thoughts that I had and putting it into something. And then we presented it on the last day of the retreat. And I'm like, hey y'all, I don't know what this is, but here it is. And so I read these thoughts that I had strung together and people are like crying and they're like, Rhonda, you need to make this into something and you need to produce this and finish it because it's going to help a lot of people. And you also need to do it for yourself. Wow. And I was like, all right, well, I don't do anything without a debt. Like I need deadlines or else I'm like, that's a great idea. So I looked up a theater festival and there was a festival there is a festival here called the united solo theater festival for one person shows specifically and you get to showcase them every year it's a big 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 festival so i submitted my show and i got accepted mm -hmm. <laughs> and i was like oh i've never produced my own work before how do you do this and so i got a very very talented friend of mine taylor reynolds who's my director because you don't do you, even if you write and do everything you need somebody else to come in and direct yourself so she came in she accepted the project and we worked together to develop it into a full show and it premiered here off broadway in an wow. off-broadway theater not technically off-broadway in new york city at theater row and since then, I performed it in schools, in other festivals. I performed in Los Angeles, and it's grown so much. Wow. So another question I have is, is this still in, are you still performing this piece, or have you take, put it on hiatus, and then you'll get back to it, or you do it every few months? How does that work for you now that you're full-time mom, full-time company yeah so yeah how do you I have a lot more to do now right <laughs> <laughs> right so the last time I performed I was five months pregnant with my son I performed with a mini belly <laughs> in Los Angeles right and so it's been on hiatus since I've had him I've tried to get it back on right now I'm in the stage of rewriting because it's completely autobiographical mm -hmm. it's about me and I have to be true to the story. And a lot of my life has changed in the last two and a half years. So, or even three years since I, three, three and a half years since I actually started writing it. So I really want to make sure that it's authentic to where I am. So I'm writing, I'm working with my director. I've had some people who said they, they're interested in seeing it on stage. So my plan is to get food back on stage in 2019. Okay. That's, That's the goal. Good. That's good. So... I want to jump in and talk about Simply Speech Solutions. And I know that, okay, hold on. So yeah, so let's jump into Simply Speech Solutions coaching. Like, what does that involve? If someone is, if someone comes in and they say, okay, they want to book a session with mm -hmm. you, is there a consultation? Do you, how do you gather your clients? Good. That's mm -hmm. a good question. So 
usually they reach out to me online somehow and then they book a consultation call, okay. which I provide free of charge. Mm -hmm. And in that consultation, it's also an assessment of me, of, of for them, for me, of figuring out what exactly they need help with and how I can help them. Okay. So after the call, we determine what they need and if we're a good fit. If we are a good fit, mm -hmm. then we start a coaching program. Okay. The program I offer for one-on-one -on -one coaching, mm -hmm. I offer two one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. If you're coming to me saying that you need to be a more confident speaker, you have these different things going on, typically I'm going to recommend my Own It Confident Public Speaking Program. Okay. And that's a 12-week program where I take you, and goal-oriented, goal where I take you through all the steps you need to do, customized for you, mm -hmm. to be a more confident, authentic speaker in whatever situations that you're in. Mm -hmm. If you are a person who is having a speaking gig or booking speaking gigs or wanting to book a speaking gig, then you do my other program, which is Own the Room. And for Own the Room, it's a shorter program where we are getting you from beginning to end, building your speech, building your talk, giving you the tools to be confident and to deliver it in the best polished way that you feel strong and ready to go as soon as you get out. So those are the, the coaching programs that I offer. Okay, those are pretty good. I like the fact that with the owning it, mm -hmm. because more and more people are doing conferences, public speaking gigs. Mm -hmm. And so, the, yeah, they want to, there's a lot of money in that. <laughs> well, there's money there. No, yeah, so, well, yeah, it then, can be. Yeah. yeah. So if you, you know, if you can own the room and get people, you know, in there and, mm -hmm be confidently in in front of your audience then right. you're selling you're you're selling yourself and you're selling a product so you have to people have to believe what you're saying yeah so. yeah and i think a lot of people who either program like there's some people who go do my 12 week program that want to get to the stage of that but mm -hmm. they can't even get through their day to day of I'm at work and I feel ignored because I'm not okay. the most confident person in this space or I'm I'm wanting to get a promotion right. but they're not seeing me because I'm not speaking that way or I am terrified to even have a conversation with my coworkers or or all those kinds of things. So the 12 week people sometimes do want to do own the room. But by the time we get to own the room we're ready to get, we like, we, we, we're going to get you those speaking engagements. We are ready to get you booked and get you, or, or if you already have an engagement, you're going to win. And right. sometimes those people may still have those problems, but they're like, I got, I got chosen for this opportunity and I didn't even know I'm not, where do I start? And I'm like, I got you, let's get you ready. And often, sometimes that's really big stuff because everybody tends to be leveling up in their career. Mm -hmm. So often they're getting into these opportunities that they don't think they're ready for. And I'm here to say, yes, you are. And right. we're going to get you ready. That's cool. So it's like, okay. And then, oh, so I have a question backtracked. Mm -hmm. uh, the person at work who is in their shell, mm -hmm. they go into work, they do their job, but they feel overshadowed. They're not engaging with other people mm -hmm. they feel overlooked they know that something is wrong so how do you well I guess well okay so they confide in you and let you know that okay they want to shine they want to shine more yeah and how mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that's that's the question I have like 
what is stopping what is stopping them from speaking to their coworker mm-hmm. or what is stopping them from speaking to their boss about maybe that raise or mm-hmm. like what is the what's the barrier is it low self-esteem lack of self-confidence just not just purely just scared to speak mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like what what's the problem with that that's a great question because Yes, and. Yes, all of the above. (laughs) And I'm so glad you went there because Mm -hmm. often people come to me and they're just like, I don't want to be anxious anymore. Okay. I don't want to be scared anymore. Okay. And I have to tell them the news that they don't want to hear is that the fear is always going to be there. And you're always going to feel anxious. The thing about it is to move through that. Exactly. But where I work, where I start to do the work, Mm -hmm. which people aren't ready for because they think I'm going to give them these strategies like, okay, and go. I start with that inner work that you're talking about is before I even tell you any strategy about how to use your voice and how to how to deal with the anxiety and speak. We need to do the why. Why do you feel like you don't belong in this space? Do you feel like you don't belong in this space? Mm -hmm. Why do you feel like your voice is not as valuable as everybody else in your Mm -hmm. team? Where do those thoughts come from? Because before this, these techniques that I give you will really work and make an impact, we got to go there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it is something deeper of, I don't feel worthy. I do work with a lot of women. I work with a lot of people of color. Sometimes it's a space of, I'm the only one that looks like me in this space. And I'm dealing with all these different things that I'm managing of realizing that I'm the only one who looks like me in this space and feeling like I can be confident but not misunderstood. And my thing is always, we got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Let's dismantle all of that. And let's figure out how you can be strong through that Mm -hmm. and use these tools to really shine. And the other thing, one more thing is being yourself is something that we all talk about like oh you got to be yourself you got to you know own who you are and be authentic but how do you really be authentic exactly and it's making mm-hmm. friends and really loving the parts that you may like that you don't like and realizing that these are your unique gifts that nobody else has right. nobody is your level of quirky and awkward nobody oh. is your level of, <laughs> of 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 loud and and confusing nobody has that so how can you own that and use that as something that's powerful as a tool that you can use to expand and grow and develop exactly that's yeah those are good points yeah because um everyone has their awkwardness everyone has their quirks but if you go into a space thinking that people are not going to like you or they won't value you or what you say then that is like you're just self it's self-deprecating yeah it's like it's not that's not a good thing but that's where simply speech comes yeah. in yeah which and it, oh, so the person acknowledges that they have a problem or mm-hmm. there's an issue that or there's a block mm-hmm. and they want to kind of just chip away at it yeah so it doesn't interfere with which is very good mm-hmm. you know that's step one it's acknowledging yeah. okay something that's not clicking mm-hmm. and step one is get into the problem of it because the next step is I want to get in front of mm-hmm. these people and I want to own this company mm-hmm. or I want to yes. work it or I want to run yes. it or I want to do my own thing you know eventually so yeah. how do you go from step one to yeah. three 
Well, with all of my clients, even the ones that do the shorter own the room, we do goals day one. Okay. I'm very, very, very big on goal setting and mm-hmm. being doing smart goals, so mm-hmm. specific, measurable, attainable, all of that. So we start with in six months. What is this? What are your big? First of all, what are your big goals? Right. Why do you want to accomplish these goals? So mm-hmm. what what does this really mean to your life if you accomplish these big goals? Mm-hmm. And then in six months, what does it look like mm-hmm. toward these goals? In three months, what does it look like? And then we review those goals, for, especially for my 12-week clients, every month. So we're like, where, where are we? What are we doing? How can we get there? So every strategy, every session we have, we have a lesson on a specific thing. We work on whatever you're doing this week, and we're working toward that three- or six-month goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So... By the end of the 12 weeks, that person is ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes depending on the goal, they need more. They need more. They're like, this is great, but then I just got this opportunity and then we continue. Okay. 